Hi, I'm Jeff Lee, the host of the Building Forward podcast. I'll be speaking with the building industry's most thoughtful leaders on the technologies and business models transforming productivity in the built environment. In other words, data, analysis, and big ideas with a hard hat to help your construction business evolve and thrive. Thanks for stopping by. Let us know what you think and what keeps you up at night. The Building Forward podcast is produced in partnership with Jeldwin Windows and Doors. Visit Jeldwin's professional portal at professionals.jeldwin.com for assistance with your 2019 projects. You'll find product comparison tools, how-to videos, and case studies, plus information on Jeldwin's extensive selection of windows, patio doors, entry, and interior doors. That's professionals.jeldwin.com. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dason Whitset, Principal Architect at Modular Home Builder Casita. We talked about the shift in mindset regarding design in prefabricated housing, one that focuses on all elements of design and building, delivering a much higher quality living environment with better design, better finishes, and overall better building performance. Here's our conversation. Hi, I'm Jeff Lee with Building Forward, and I'm here today with Dason Whitset, Principal Architect at Casita. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Can you start by introducing yourself and talking a little bit about your company and your role in the industry? Sure. So I'm Dason Whitset. I work for Casita uh, as an architect. And we are a uh, modern prefabricated builder of microhomes. Um, I'm also a uh, lecturer at the University of Texas. I teach in the sustainable design program. Uh, I teach mainly technical courses um, relative to building performance. And at Casita, we believe that uh, buildings should really enhance life for both the individual and for the environment, and that everybody should have access to a great, well-designed space. So yeah, can you describe uh, the approach at Casita? Sure. Uh, so we feel that buildings should enhance their environment and the lives of the people who live in them, uh, and that everybody should have access to thoughtful, well-designed buildings, houses that provide a great experience for their occupants. Um, and so we've tried to come up with a solution that can be applicable in many different situations uh, and treat it as a product rather than a one-off customized building uh, for each situation, which allows us to, uh, to gain manufacturing efficiencies um, and produce a really high quality building um, for a cost that is comparable to site-built construction. So to put that into context within the industry, can you talk a little bit about um, what you see as kind of the big challenges that you see affecting the building industry as a whole? The building industry has many challenges facing it uh, these days. There's a huge affordability crisis uh, in housing and lack of, of adequate you know, just housing, uh, housing units um, across the country. Um, we've seen declining productivity uh, in the construction industry and um, a very long time to market uh, due to regulatory and other challenges associated uh, with the industry. Um, and overall, the industry is, um, is less thoroughly integrated in terms of its system of delivery than most other uh, technology-based industries are these days. And so those are some of the problems that we try to address um, with our approach uh, by building in a factory uh, we can train our workers um, to do many different tasks and do them very, very well. Um, by building repetitive designs, then we can gain efficiency from doing that and direct some of those resources into providing a much higher quality product that directly influences the experience that people have of it. Why is design and the user's experience so important when it comes to housing that's constructed in an offsite environment? Well, I would argue it's 
uh, it's important with housing constructed in any environment um, and that the industry as a whole has uh, done an inadequate job of providing you know, quality designed products out there. There are certainly many exceptions to that, but um, uh, I think that you know, prefabricated offsite construction is really no different in that regard than the site-built construction industry and that we need to uh, up our game in terms of what we're providing for people. Uh, as a culture, we've shifted you know, an interest in, in quality of experience and providing you know, sufficient resources in terms of space, storage, amenities, and so on for people's needs to a focus on just maximizing square footage. So as a result of uh, the focus on quantity of square footage, uh, we've driven down construction costs to these very, very low uh, rates. However, we haven't you know, increased the quality of space along with that. And so by we think by reducing the total amount of space, eliminating redundancy and unnecessary space in the building, really focusing in on the elements that are really important to providing a full, good living experience, uh, uncompromised living experience, trying to double up on the use of space by you know, in, you know, clever ways of designing the building that we can then take some of those, those resources that would have gone to just you know, excess space and provide a much higher quality living environment with better design, uh, better finishes, and overall better performance in the building. What role is, does your business play in making your employees more productive, and what can your approach do to make the industry more productive as a whole? Well, by building in a factory, we can be very efficient about the way we organize our processes. Uh, we have everything laid out so that we're not having to you know, spend a good part of the day rolling out tools, rolling them up again at the end of the day. Uh, materials are where they need to be um, at the time when we need them. Um, we're able to uh, develop an efficient supply chain, which you know brings in things on a regular cadence, and have inventory control, um, and develop systems that really support you know an efficient operation. We also can train our workers to do you know the same, similar or the same tasks over and over, so they get really really good at them and can do them very quickly, um, rather than having to figure out you know a completely new system you know every time you go to a new project. What areas of innovation or technology within your company are you most excited about? Well, we're doing a lot on the, the building side, but another really interesting uh, technology play we have going on is that we have a, a whole smart home division uh, that's built a purpose-built, integrated uh, app and platform that uh, brings together uh, light, sound, uh, thermal control, a uh, variety of sensors, door locks, and so on. Um, and those can all be controlled either through uh, an app through touch controls on the wall or via voice commands via an Amazon Echo. And uh, we see those that as a really integral part of what we're doing and kind of the next frontier in, in home building. Technology is changing so fast. Um, how can a builder like you make your homes flexible enough to adapt as technology changes? Well, that's a good question. We haven't historically done a very good job of that. Uh, wireless technology, of course, makes it much, much easier. Um, so we've built the Casita smart home app, which we call Orient, uh, to allow extension into uh, integrating other new devices. Uh, so through updates of the system, then additional devices that we write drivers for can readily be added onto it. 
And because you know, many of those are wireless, it's very easy to integrate them into the, the home. Uh, also, some of the products we're using uh, make it very easy to change out and reconfigure those, those products in the future with um, kind of universally applicable wiring. What are the challenges of in integrating innovative modular housing like this into a community, into a place where there are things like codes and, and zoning laws? That is a really good question. The, from the point of view of codes, building codes were compliant with the, the normal building codes, IBC, IRC, the California codes, and so forth. Um, so in most places, we can go anywhere a normal building can as long as we meet the zoning. In terms of zoning, um, that is, uh, a, I think, pretty dynamic landscape right now. We're, we're primarily focusing uh, on using our units in a backyard context as ADUs and, uh, and developing small, otherwise undevelopable, lot, undevelopable lots right now. Um, and different cities and diff even different neighborhoods within cities have different policies uh, on that. But we're seeing there's a pretty widespread acknowledgement that this is an important uh, strategy to adding density, uh, making neighborhoods more walkable, and um, keeping affordability uh, for you know older residents that have lived in places for a long time and who are seeing property taxes go up as a result of increasing property values and so on. So widespread acceptance of the idea, even though in some places it's still hard to implement in practice. There is a significant amount of nimbyism out there in the world of people who feel like they don't want to see their neighborhoods or their areas change, and that can be an impediment to what we're doing or really any other new idea about you know, adding density or um, this kind of thing. And that, I think, is one of the biggest challenges uh, we as a culture have in front of us is as we address the housing crisis, uh, we're not keeping up with building the amount of housing that we need in our society. We're going to, we need to not just keep on developing larger and larger uh, sprawl in, around all of our cities. We absolutely have to densify our cities, but then how do we bring the inhabitants along and make that something that's positive for everybody? Um, and that is, is something that as a culture, we're going to have to grapple with in a major way in the next next decade or so, I believe. Can you talk a little bit more about why ADUs and uh, you know denser environments are such a, a big opportunity um, within the within this space? Sure. So in in many cities, take Austin, uh, where we are right now, as an example, um, we have a, a fairly small, dense central core of the city um, that was developed. Uh, early on in the city's development, and then it's essentially surrounded by single-family development. Um, and then there are some other pockets of some uh, higher density. But we have a city of over a million people and with the outlying areas even larger um, that is basically a network of single-family homes. And then certain areas that have uh, later on gone back and been rezoned and increasing density has accrued. And so... Um, but, you know, many, these neighborhoods are wonderful places, and nobody wants to see them, see them go and just be you know, raised uh, to put up more condo towers. Uh, so we've got to find ways to increase our, increase our utilization of these areas um, for affordability's sake, for sustainability's sake, so that we're not putting people further and further out, causing more and more traffic, using more and more fuel and the associated carbon emissions and so on. 
So ADUs are one really valuable strategy to doing that, where we can maintain the character of the neighborhoods and we can put more people into the neighborhoods. Um, another thing I actually just learned today, as a matter of fact, is that uh, there are apparently a huge number of residences out there uh, that have uh, two or more unused bedrooms, essentially. Two or more bedrooms, more than the number of occupants that live in the, the house. And so what we've, we've done is we've built low-density cities. We've also reduced the density of people living in the actual houses within the city and push more and more people out to the periphery. And so we've got to find ways to bring more people back into the central city to you know, maintain vibrant communities, you know, reduce our carbon footprint, and you know, keep property, uh, property values under control. Do you see any opportunities for different segments of the industry, architects, builders, dealers, manufacturers, to collaborate better to improve productivity? Absolutely. I think that's something that needs to happen across the, the industry. Um, and I think we're at a bit of a tipping point where almost every segment of the industry now feels like something big has to change, which is a lot different than it was probably 10 years or so ago. Um, but I'm regularly hearing developers, uh, bankers, um, home builders, uh, material manufacturers, as well as you know architects, uh, engineers, and so forth, um, saying you know that as they see it, the industry has to make a radical shift in the way it operates within the relatively near future, or we're going to uh, basically you know come to a standstill in terms of our ability to continue developing and uh, providing housing and other buildings that we need. What makes you optimistic about the building industry in the years ahead? Well, I think that uh, that notion that there's a widespread uh, acceptance of the need to evolve um, is the first step toward you know taking that step, and uh, have lots of smart people across all of those industries now, um, you know, enthusiastically looking for ways to solve these problems. I actually didn't mention um, uh, public officials either, but uh, I. You know, in my experience, many of them are on board as well uh, in identifying the notion that uh, we need to rethink the way we zone our cities and the way that we require parking um, and all of these, you know, little impediments to to building housing and building effective, smart, sustainable housing solutions. What is your greatest source of inspiration for your work? Greatest source of inspiration? Wow. Um, is probably a number of things. Uh, I, I also teach um, the university level, and um, I, probably the thing that influences me the most is what I learn from my students. Um, it's a fantastic forum um, to find out, you know, what other another generation is thinking, how they're approaching uh, the world and design, um, and the kinds of new ideas and tools that they they bring to the table. Um, but there's also a lot to be learned uh, from history. Um, this conversation is not new. It's been going on for really ever since industrialization. Um, there are, you know, architects from Le Corbusier to Buckminster Fuller uh, were very interested in thinking of buildings uh, more like uh, industrialized products. And um, I think the, the difference at this point is that we have a greater uh, 
um, urgency at the societal level uh, now to move in that direction, and we have a much broader acceptance of those ideas. But um, you know, I, in terms of inspiration, uh, it's really it, it comes from all over the place. Uh, another uh, another thing that I find very inspiring is the uh, the number of different. Uh, people and companies out there that are really pushing the limits and coming up with new ideas in this realm um, and, uh, and really innovating, coming up with some you know, remarkable ideas. Do you have a theme that you or your team are focused on in the months ahead? In terms of a theme, we're working on uh, refining our production systems and developing a couple of new uh, unit types. Um, can't disclose what those are right at the moment. Uh, but we're, we're really focused on uh, pushing the, uh, the boundaries of what we're doing and, um, and just always making it better. What should be the common goals for industry firms and leaders to improve efficiency and productivity? Really needs to be at the foundational level. Um, the reason that we're building buildings to begin with is to provide a good indoor environment, a good quality environment for people to operate in, people to live in. And I think we need to always go back to that as foundational principle. It's the only reason we're using energy. It's the only reason we're using all these materials and making these enclosures, and we have this entire industry structured around making spaces. And uh, I think we, we need to test what we're doing against the idea of you know, how, how does it contribute to making quality spaces that support individuals' experience and our responsible contributions to the world as a whole. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about this. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks again for stopping by the Building Forward podcast. Let us know what you think by emailing me at buildingforward at hanleywood.com.